If you would, open up your Bibles to John chapter 13. John chapter 13. I'll meet you there in just one moment. Start over in Matthew chapter 5 right now. Start in verse 13. Ye are the salt of the earth. But if the salt hath lost its savor, wherewith shall it be salted? It is thenceforth good for nothing, and be tossed out and trodden under the foot of men. Ye are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hid. Neither do men light a candle and put it under a bushel, but on a candlestick, and it giveth light unto all that are in the house. Let your light so shine before men that they may be able to see your good works and glorify your Father, which is in heaven. If I were to ask you a question tonight, now how would you answer a question like this? If you, maybe fill in the blank here. You know, you'd say, you know, I am happy that I'm a part of the body of Christ because, and you could put all sorts of different things in, in that little spot there, right? You could put, you know, I'm, I'm happy to be a, a part of the body of Christ because, you know, I'm saved. I'm happy to be a part of the body of Christ because I have a loving family. You know, I, I'm, I'm happy to be a part of the body of Christ because it, it is a, a group of people who wants to serve others. You know, you could say, say all sorts of things, but what about this? Fill in this blank. What lets people know that we are part of the body of Christ is, and then what? What do you fill in that blank? Well, go over to John chapter 13, verses 34 and 35. It says, A new commandment I give unto you, that ye love one another. Even as I have loved you, that ye also love one another. By this shall all men know that ye are my disciples if ye have love one for another. So how do people know that we are a part of the body of Christ? It is because of our love. But let's look at John chapter 13, verses 34 and 35 together tonight. And we need to make a few simple points. The first is this. This is a command. You know, I, I think that most of the time that when we think about love, we think love is kind of an emotional thing. You know, but there is some emotion involved in it. You know, there is an emotional aspect of it. But love ultimately is a choice. You know, that, that, that if, we, if we just sum up love as, as a choice, it doesn't, it doesn't fully uh, serve its purpose. You know, we, we, it is an emotional kind of a thing. But it's not driven by emotion. It's driven by a choice. In Ephesians 5 and verse 25, it says, Husbands, love your wives, even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself up for it. Well, why, why does that verse even have to be in the Bible, right? Why, why does that have to be there? Husbands, love your wives. It's because we need to hear it. It's because... It's not just an emotional thing. It is a choice. And, and I know that we've said this before, but 
You know, if you've been married for any length of time, you know that it's a choice. Because no matter how pleasant your spouse is, because, you know, I'm real pleasant, you know. But no matter how pleasant your spouse is, there's still times that you have to choose. You have to choose to love. You know, something just grating on your nerves that day or whatever, you know. There is a choice to be made. In Matthew 5 and verse 44, we are commanded to love our enemies. You know, that's, that's something that is foreign to, to people outside of the church, right? To love your enemies. You know, how many times have you heard someone say something along the lines of, Man, if they were just if they just died, the world would be a better place. And I've heard that several times. I remember specifically hearing that quite a bit uh, when uh, Saddam Hussein died. You know, and, and everybody's like, "Oh, this is this is a, a a better world now." See, as Christians, you know, we are to love our enemies. And what is the ultimate love? But to hope that they come to a knowledge of the truth. You know, I, I think that there are a lot of enemies to the Lord's church today. But you know what? We should love them and want them to be saved. The verse before in Matthew chapter 5, verse 43, tells us that we need to love our neighbors. You know, that, that seemingly should be easy until you have that one neighbor, you know. That one neighbor that you really need to pay attention to this verse. You know, something something is just like that other relation or your other relationships. You know, you, you get people that have different personalities from you or they think differently, and yeah, it, it is it can be difficult. But we are to love our neighbors, and that doesn't mean just simply loving the people that live next door to us. But it means loving the people that are around us. We need to love those people because they deserve it and they need it. Think about this. This isn't a new command, but it is a distinguishing mark here. You know, it says, you know, new commandment I give unto you. Now, the, the command is to love one another, but that is not the new command. What is the new command is that we are to love just as Christ loved. Now that's what makes it different. You know, and what did Christ do for us? As we read in Romans chapter 5, and uh, let's see, John chapter 5, I believe also, that uh, the Lord, you know, He loved us. He loved us even when we were not worthy of it. He loved us while we were yet sinners. And yet He even died for us. Number two. Not only is this a command, this is a difficult command. Now we're to do these, this love... We're to love in the way that Christ loved. You know, that doing things the way that 
Christ does it, it makes it more difficult. You know, if they were just say, well, love, love as any one of us loves, love as Matt McBrayer loves, oh, that might be pretty attainable. I can do that. Yeah, I can do that. But we're to love as Christ loved. In Ephesians 5, verse 25, that same thought process given to, given to husbands, yet again, you know, we, we mentioned, you know, husbands, love your, love your wives even as Christ also loved the church. Even as Christ loved the church. In Ephesians 4 and verse 32, forgiving one another, even as Christ, for God's sake, hath forgiven you. Now, I'm sure we'll probably talk about this more at length some other time. But the popular thing today is uh, when talking about forgiveness is to forgive no matter what. And, brethren, I don't believe that that is right. And the reason is, is simple logic. Now, see, Christ and the Father require us to do something before forgiveness is given. And what is that? It's called repentance. Repentance. We have to ask for forgiveness. We need to want it. Now, before anybody starts thinking, well, Matt's saying that we can hold grudges. That's not what I'm saying either. What I'm saying, brethren, is, you know, we don't need to say, oh, yeah, I've, I've already forgiven you of that. That kind of a mindset. Well, that's, you, can, you can want to do that all day long, just like the Lord wants to do it for us. But until a person actually asks for forgiveness... We, we cannot actually forgive them of anything. This is difficult also because of the degree to which it, it goes. In John 15 and verse 13 it says, Greater love hath no man than this, than for one to lay down his life for his friends. Ye are my friends, if you do whatsoever I command you. So, greater love hath no man than this. Then he lay down his life for his friends. And the Lord laid down his life for us. And so what that tells me, brethren, is that we need to be able to lay down our lives for other people. Now, that might not be in a physical sense, like I am going to die for somebody else. But we could do it in the sense of this, that we serve others. In John 13, if you'll turn over there with me, John 13, it's a lengthy passage here, start in verse 2. John 13, verse 2. And during supper, the devil, having already put into the heart of Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, to betray him, Jesus, knowing that the Father had given all things into his hands, and that he came forth from God, and goeth unto God, riseth from supper, and layeth aside his, his garments. And he took a towel and girded himself. Then he poureth water into the basin, and began to wash the disciples' feet, and to wipe them with the towel wherewith he was girded. So he cometh to Simon Peter... 
He saith unto him, Lord, dost thou wash my feet? Jesus answered and said unto him, What I do thou knowest not now, but thou shalt understand hereafter. Peter saith unto him, Thou shalt never wash my feet. Jesus answered him, If I wash thee not, thou hast no part with me. Simon Peter saith unto him, Lord, not my feet only, but also my hands and my head. Jesus saith to him, He that is as bathed that is bathed needeth not save to wash his feet, but is clean every whit. And ye are clean, but not all, for he knew him that should betray him. Therefore he said, uh, said he, Ye are not all clean. So when he had washed their feet and taken his garments and sat down again, he said unto them, Know ye what I have done to you? You call me teacher and Lord, and ye say, Well, for so I am. If I then, the Lord and the teacher, have washed your feet, ye also ought to wash one another's feet. For I have given you an example that ye should do as I have done to you. Verily, verily, I say unto you, a servant is not greater than his Lord, neither one that is sent greater than he that sent him. If you know these things, blessed are ye if you do them. Thomas Jefferson was quoted... Uh, with a with a rather famous quote, and that is life, liberty, and what the pursuit of happiness. Now the Lord just told us how to be happy. He says, "Blessed are ye if you do them." Now, what did he just get finished doing? What what is the point? Blessed are ye if you do them. He's talking about being a servant. He says, look, if, if I, being your teacher, have washed your feet, and I am serving you, then what should you do for others? You should serve. And that's the same thing that, that we need to do. And he says, at the end of all this, he says... If you know these things about being a servant, then happy are ye if you do them. You want life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness? Well, the pursuit of happiness is service to others. And last but not least, brethren, this is a distinguishing command. It says, by this all men shall know that ye are my disciples, if ye have love one for another. You know, there's something different about a Christian. You know, we, we, we do and we should love each other. You know, you, you think about it, and, and I'm, I'm excited here. I, I haven't been on a, a mission trip in, in uh, I guess, probably eight years or so, and uh I guess closing out nine years, and so I haven't gone anywhere in a while. And I'm always excited to go and to, to help other brethren and to serve other brethren. And you know what? You go over to these other countries. And uh, now this time I'll be under the blessing of speaking the same language, so that'll be fine. But now I've, I've gone to Spanish-speaking countries, and I do not speak Spanish. Um, I know just enough to get myself in some real big trouble. 
you know. So I I, I don't uh, I don't do it. I don't I don't speak uh, Spanish when I go to places like that, and uh, I need a translator and I need need some help. But you know, it's funny when you go to those places. And you're talking to these people, and you're, you're, you, you, they come up to you, and they're wanting to talk to you, and they start talking, and then they realize pretty quickly, he does not understand me. And you're sitting there, and you want to talk to them, but you really can't because there's no real way to communicate without a translator. And so you give them a hug, and you smile. And that's just about it. You know, we can love people from other countries whom we've never met just because they're Christians. You know, we, we, can, we can meet people for the first time. You know, have you ever done that? I'm sure you have. Where you're in a place where you don't know that there are members of the church and, and, uh, and you get excited when you, when you meet one. Yeah, you Think, oh, I'm, I'm a part of the body of Christ too. I'm, I'm a Christian. And you get to talking. You get to talking about all sorts of different things and find out all the things that you have in common. You know, we can love people just based on that fact. And it's the kind of love that would make a man dying on the cross say, Forgive them. They know not what they do. People of the world, they'll never understand it. You know, uh, we, we love each other. And that, that is what distinguishes us from others. There's a passage that I think is very touching. You know, when, when you think about Abraham, when Abraham died, you remember what it says about him? When Abraham died, it said, he was gathered to his people. And brethren, think about that. When we die, we will be gathered to our people. You know what? Let's love one another. And let's do it just as Christ would have us to do. And that's to love as He would love. Maybe there's someone here tonight who has need to respond to the invitation. Maybe you need to repent of something that you've uh, uh, not been strong in and you need to make things right with the Lord. Maybe, maybe it is that you need to become a Christian. We want you to do what you need to do tonight. And so if there's anybody that needs to respond to the invitation, please come as we stand and as we sing.